Hello everyone and welcome to the 59th episode of the Kent Nonley podcast with Matt Gerrard and me, John Phipps. I've deliberately mentioned Matt first here because um, he's done all the work and the research this week and to be honest, I've not really done anything. I've been very, very busy moving house. Um, it's had its ups and downs. Um, I'm currently sat in the hallway of uh, the bed and breakfast that I now own because I was going to record it in the dining room and tell you how fab that was, but it sounded like I was in the toilet, Matt Gerrard told me. So, um... Yeah, so here Not we are. I've never known you in talking during the toilet before, but if you know what I mean. Well, exactly. Um, so yeah, you've already heard his voice there, but my co-host, a man who this week has, has proven that he is the nicest man in the world because uh, yesterday morning we had a delivery of some flowers and it wished us well in our new venture from Team Gerard. So Matt, thank you very much for that kind gesture. Um, and how are you? Yeah, not too bad. Yeah, not too bad. How's it gone anyway? Moving, uh, I, I've never really moved that much because when I... Uh, Moved into my first house when I lived on my own. It was only up the road, so basically, it took me go home about five minutes to my mum's and brought stuff back. And when I moved to Broadstairs, I was living in my mother-in-law's guest house. Another link to guest houses there, and then we moved in after we done it up. So, how stressful has the move been? Because it's probably one of the most stressful things, apparently. Well, it's it's been up there. I mean, this is about the fifteenth, sixteenth different place I've lived in. Um, oh right, so. It's, off a duck's back for you then well yeah but I mean it's been six and a half years since I moved and you wouldn't believe how much stuff you can accumulate in six and a half years and obviously the big problem we had was going from a detached three bedroom house to live in a one bedroom apartment underneath a bed and breakfast so fortunately we've got a couple of storage rooms upstairs hidden away from where the guests are so it was a little bit of solace there and, and plenty of safe uh, places to put stuff but no I can't lie Tuesday when we left was very very stressful because it, it looked like we were ready, but we really weren't. There were lots of bits and pieces lying around and and so on and so forth. And then, as people may have seen on, on Twitter yesterday, I had a horrible incident um, on Wednesday afternoon. Um, basically, three years ago or so, we bought this unit from Ikea. And, I mean, getting me to Ikea is enough of a challenge at the best of times. But uh, this big square unit, it was five cubes by five cubes. It Beautiful. I built it on my own, single-handedly. Um, even though it was a two-man job to build, apparently. But I built it all on my own, got it going, um, had it in the dining room in our old house. It looked lovely. We had it here, but we couldn't fit it. There was nowhere to fit it apart from in the office um, where my computer and everything's going to be set up. And so we wanted to put it in there. And then the removal when they brought it on Tuesday, pushed it through the door and it got stuck. And they were like, no, it's not going any further. So we put it back in the living room, but we couldn't live like that. So when my dad came, my mum and dad came down yesterday to sort of help us out. So we started to take it apart gently in order to, um, to to get it into the study where we wanted it to be and there was a horrible creaking noise and it was a bit like a house of cards it just absolutely collapsed and to make matters worse it meant I had to go to the tip and I bloody hate going to the tip oh, so, 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 so you have to go and buy yourself a new one will you go to Ikea where's the nearest Ikea it must be well in Brighton where no. Brighton must be your nearest place now, is it? Croydon is the nearest one. So, funny enough, just before I came up here to record the podcast, we were discussing what our cube storage unit options are going to be, and we have. Oh, put... living the dream. Yeah, I know. Tell me about it. I, I used to think I used to be. I used to be like football was all I cared about. Now I'm thinking about cube storage units. Uh, well, I've been thinking about it because as you moved in, of course, uh, bed and breakfast, of course, forty towers. Yeah, and. Uh, I've got the kids to watch it a couple of times, and it is quite funny. It's a bit, you wouldn't get away with after stuff they've done these days, but did you know it was ranked the best ever British television programme back in 2000? 
Are you a fan of Forty Towers? I'm going impressing that you've seen it because everybody must have seen it. I've I have seen it. I don't think I've seen it all actually because there's only a few episodes, isn't there? I think I've seen a, f- a few episodes, but I think since I've been sort of the age to watch the telly, it's never really had a. A, a long run. Do you know what I mean? It's not repeated that often unless you're, you know, watching gold at all hours of the day, which I tend not to. But do you know what? While we're talking about TV, you may remember a couple of weeks ago I was talking about how I've had to change providers um, oh, yeah. to from uh, Virgin to Sky and, and so on and, and all the stuff. My new TV box, I can press a button on the side and tell it what I want to watch and it'll put it on for me. Vanarama National League highlights. Could I could do that? Could you do that? That's you'd, all I watch. You'd be able to do that. You'd be able to just press the button and say National League highlights and bang, they'd be on. Have I, you I, tested it out on anything program yet? Uh, yeah, I just you sat there last done. night. I'm a celebrity, get me out of here. And uh, on it came. Uh, I'm talking about I'm a celebrity. Your mate Biffy Clyro has been there. I don't watch the program. I'm well into uh, Bake Off at the moment. Old series of that, but um, I'm not watching I'm a Celebrity. But Biffy Clyro's had a big part of the play, haven't they? Well, they have. Apparently, they've been uh, jamming with Mick Knowles. Um, uh, he thought they might be a bit embarrassed to know they jammed with him. They they probably would be because um, one of them is obviously a multi-platinum selling artist with seven fantastic albums behind them, and the other one does DIY SOS. But Mick Knowles, he is the third person who's been on I'm a Celebrity, Get Me Out of Here that I have met. Well, uh, what in this series or over the fifteen million series I've had? Well, over the I think over the years, I think there's been three people that I've met. There may have, oh, there may have been others from earlier series, but we've both met one as well. All right. Oh yes, yes, we have. Yes, yes, yeah. We won't go into that. Yeah, and um, and also Lembit Opic, who also presents a show on BBC Radio Kent. All right. So did, that's I've never met him. What, 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 Nick Knowles? Where did you meet Nick Knowles? Uh, so the when, I, when I was working at the police, fed, uh, the police federation a couple of years ago, um, my first week I ended up going to the police bravery awards, um, where Nick was a big—he's a big fan of the work that the emergency services do, and he was there. He was um, sat on a table with some people, um, and he was—and obviously I was working there, so he came, he sort of wandered past me. I, I grabbed him and had a very quick chat with him. Um, and then I'm, I must admit, I, I did take a selfie of me with I'm a Celebrity, get me out of his Nick Knowles, only because um, both my mum and my other half think he's a bit of all right. Have you still got that picture? I have, yeah. Do you want me to put it on, on the podcast Twitter? Yeah, you've got to now. Yes, you've got to um, uh, from that point of view. I always married to the late, I think he used to be married to the late, uh, who does the motorcycling. I always thought she was very attractive. Yeah. Some people do. I do not Nick Knowles' story. Down our road is a surveyor, and he has worked on DIY SOS and met him. And his wife went to the state. Doesn't do, doesn't work do that thing. She actually went to the place they were doing up what he was working on just to meet Nick Knowles. So, ladies of a certain age seem to like Nick Knowles. Well, indeed. I mean, I, I don't know what it is. The uh, the. The, the the beard the the personality I don't know but obviously it's something that we're both lacking mate. Well, uh, well I don't know that I don't know if ladies of a certain age might find me attractive I don't think so but you never know if you have to find me or John attractive and you're of a certain age please send us a tweet well, we probably shouldn't really do that should we because God knows what we'd get but apart from back to the TV absolutely bugger all on at the moment I'm really disappointed but last week when we rushed the show did you watch the uh, Peter Jackson 
World War One documentary. That's probably the best thing I've seen this year on the television. Very, very interesting. So if you do so to your television box, Peter Jackson World War One documentary. I can't remember what the name is. We might not forget. Do we forget or something like that? Brilliant program. So from that point of view, we've waffled on for a bit now, John. So we probably should get on talking about football. Yeah, not let's. I won't um, talk about football because we're. I'm depressed still. Yeah. Has there been any football? I, I, I've not had a chance to, to catch up with anything. Uh, England are going to win the Euro, uh, whatever it's called, the Nations League. Everybody Brilliant. loves about that. Um, uh, Dover lost, but you don't know. It was a Saturday. So, um, uh, yeah, well, well, first of all, we'll talk about our National League sides. John, do you, if you so, do you want me to start or do you want to go ahead? If you no, I'll, I'll start. So, if Sweet United, then they uh, they didn't really want to go to Accrington Stanley in the FA Cup and, and they're not going to, are they? Lost 2-0 in their replay on Tuesday night, I believe. They did, lost 2-0, had a couple of chances, always going to be difficult going down there. Three games um, so far, Gary Hill's got yet to find the back of the onion bag, but reading the reports after the game now, now it's time that he wasn't going to get rid of players when they were in the um, still in the FA Cup, but I expect Ebsleep, we say it every week on this, we'll just start releasing players now, and it'll be interesting to see where they go, but the Gary Hill stamp on the side... Um, is going to be taking place. And I see they got rid of their backroom staff. And, I, I, you know, Ebsleet must have had a backroom staff to rival Premier League clubs because I think they must have sacked about six coaches. So it seems to me money was never an option there, but other ones have gone and now it's Gary Hill and Ian Hendon running it. Yeah, I was going to say, it did seem like a bit overinflated because I remember a few weeks ago when, obviously, when Darren Marmston in charge and Steve Grit and, and someone else moved on and they still had like three or four coaches and, you know, Teams at that level would be crying out for that many coaches, but I think it is, you know, back to basics approach now, and I just want to go and. And you mentioned Ian Hendon there, obviously good friends of Andy Hessenthaler, so maybe there'll be some inside track there for, for Hessenthaler if he does want any players from for MC perhaps. Yeah, the, the, the links there. Ian Hendon, of course, managed over about nineteen days in the summer before he went with Hessenthaler. So um, yeah, I've been expecting it for weeks that there can be movement between the two clubs. Well, I'm sure it's going to start happening now. Maybe if David can afford some of the wages, maybe not, but, but it may be a loan deal or something. But we are expecting something to kick off sooner rather than later at, um, from that point of view. But Gary Hill, what he can do now, really, it'd be interesting to see who he rates and who he doesn't. But it, I think they may be looking down the route before they've brought maybe experienced players who may be coming to the end of their career who've played football, league football. And now moving to looking to bring in younger, hungrier players. That could be the model they're looking to to, uh, to adopt from now on. And uh, FC Halifax at home for Fleet on Saturday. Obviously, they beat Dover at the weekend, Matt. And then FC go to Maidenhead on Tuesday. And they'll be looking at those games and thinking, Gary Hill will be looking at those and identifying at least four points from those two, I'd imagine. Yeah, I think he'll be looking to get a point on the board. Yeah. Two games that um, could help other sides around, the, around them, really. We're looking for two wins there for... Preps League to move them up the table. Yeah, Maidenhead have had problems. Um, brought in a player from Maidenhead, I see. Tomasi's gone there. But yeah, I think they're the games that everybody would expect Ebsley to win before they had their problems. And I think Gary Hills, who's a decent manager at this level, no doubt about that, will be looking to pick up three points at home. And I can't see the way Maidenhead are playing. They've got a good chance of picking up uh, three away from home as well. Yeah, and obviously Ebsley on Saturday played out a 0-0 draw with Boreham Wood. I didn't even realise the score of that game. All I knew was Nathan Ashmore went into the crowd after what he says was some racial abuse. And um, this statement from Boreham Wood was um, interesting, to say the least, shall we say, on that incident. Yes, I don't really sort of... It's a long-winded statement that I got fed up with afterwards. And they can be an interesting club, Boreham Wood. So I don't know if he'll have repercussions of this, um, uh, Nathan Ashmore. But again, he, you know, he's... 
fortunately for him, he's been racially abused before, and he, you know, maybe. Um, they, I think Bournemouth said it wasn't racial abuse, though. Is that correct? I think they actually used the word nonce in their statement, yeah, yeah. <laughs> which, which was a first. But even so, should, should Nathan Ashmore have to put up with that from supporters behind the goal? It, it just seems to me that, you know, these people, I'm not going to call them supporters, actually. These idiots go to football matches, think they can say whatever they want to someone to the, until they massively provoke them. And then as soon as they get the reaction, they're all defended. I mean, I know that's pretty much a metaphor for modern life, but... Why is it acceptable for people to stand there and shout abuse at someone for 90 minutes and then get upset when they get a little bit back? Yeah, yeah I think well, as a player, you've got to be careful what you're doing. Maybe Nathan Ashmore has got a, a, a reputation um, for, for um, reacting to this sort of thing and Bournemouth. Again, I'm not going to say it's going to be um, with no international games. Maybe it's clubs from other clubs who've come down and given him a bit of abuse from that point of view. So yeah, it's disappointing, but Unfortunately, the business they're in, they've got to look to uh, Kirby's tongue a little bit or Kirby's anger at the main for it. But not interested to see where this goes from here anyway. Yeah, um, on Saturday elsewhere, of course, Manchester United drew 1-1 uh, with leaders Wrexham. Um, Harry Wheeler's got them going in the right direction, Matt, I'd say. Yeah, I think it's a good result for them. I think I'm beating him four now. Not scoring too many goals and that was a concern for me um, um, when I saw them play recently. But uh, I think that's a... Right direction, scoring goals is an issue, but not conceding too many either. So, yeah, so far, Harry Wheeler, I think, um, out of all the Kent managers who've replaced him in the National League, he's probably um, top of the pile so far as the work he's done. Yeah, trip to Haven and Waterlooville uh, on Saturday for the Stones, where they host Eastleigh on um, Tuesday evening, a game that I will be at, actually, in, a, in another guise. So that will be quite interesting. And Bromley played Dagen Redbridge on Saturday and then go to Chesterfield on Tuesday, which is a bit of a stinker. But they were beaten 3-1 at Leighton Orient on Saturday. And, and it's been one of those seasons for Bromley. They just need a bit of consistency, don't they? Yeah, 1-0 up against Leighton Orient. Leighton Orient, a bit of a juggernaut at the moment. Yeah, I think Neil Smith might be a fan to achieve this season. Maybe Bromley, yeah. But there's some good results, particularly at home. They'll be harder. 4-0. It's always going to be tough to go to, um, to Leighton Orient, the form they're in. But yeah, consistency needs to be there. Chopping and changing a few of the players. And I think Bugle's been injured as well. Um, he's been playing in, um, for Lebanon in Australia and somebody said that he's picked up quite a nasty injury. So, um, to know what that would mean if they have to delve into the transfer market. But we'll keep an eye out for that because he's sort of a, their talisman leading the front line. But they've got Joe Quigley, of course, so maybe a chance for him now. But, of course, with the majority of these sides out of the cup, apart from Maidstone, you may see some more transfer dealings going on, I would have thought, and the players. Maybe the, the lack of FA Cup money, they may need to move players on. And that leaves us with one of our National League teams. Um, I can't, again, repeat what Matt sent me after uh, the full-time whistle on Saturday as Dover lost at Halifax. Um, Hartlepool at home on Saturday before a trip to uh, Boreham Wood on Tuesday night, Matt. Um, it, it's not quite over just yet, is it? It's still a long, lot of football to be played and a long way to go, but it seems to me that there was a... It looked like they might have turned the corner a little bit. Effion was starting to score goals and now they seem to have slumped back again. Well, if you look on paper, side, this side of the division, 11 points after 20 games, Dover aren't getting out of this, and that is a big concern. 26 games to go, they probably need 40-odd, 41 points, so that shows, you know, they've got to pick more than, um, you know, more than one and a half, nearly one and a half points a game. So, yeah, it is disappointing, but you look at it, can't keep a clean sheet, you can't score goals. So that's a fundamental flaw in football at certain stages. Yeah, it just hasn't worked out, but you win your home game against Hartlepool. Davis need back-to-back wins or something somehow, or four points out of the next two, just to build a little bit of confidence. I've got Hartlepool, Bournemouth, always tough. You know, they don't normally do well, even though they won last season. They go to Eastleigh. So 
we could be talking this time next week. We've got six points on the board, and I'm a little bit chipper about the things is. But again, you know, every week you look at it, you keep getting dragged in. The games are falling apart a little bit. It just hasn't really worked out under Hess at the moment. Um, again, he's just got to earn his score now. But winning at home, you, if you've got any chance, you've got to win your home games. You've got to win your home games. Hartlepool knocked out the FA Cup by the Gillingham going to extra time. May work in their favour. Previous league game in the league. Lost to Barnet and lost to Bromley. And they can see goals. So, Dover can score goals. They've got a chance. I'm not expecting defences to be on top on Saturday. But they need three points from somewhere just to lift everybody. The win against Maiden lifted it. The battering against Bromley and then the disappointing result against Halifax has just brought everybody down, down to down to earth again. So we just need something. But it is, yeah, to be honest, I expect us to get relegated. I can't see us getting out of this hole, really. It was, it was interesting. This is how good Matt Gerrard is and how much we're on the same wavelength. I was just about to say, good time to play Hartlepool after their, they were what, conceded in the six minute of injury time to, to the Jills on Wednesday night and then went to extra time where they lost. So there'll be a thing, they'll be quite weary from that it's a good game for us I think yeah I think it's, it's, especially it's, it's, and it's a long old way to come as well two days after yeah. such an epic cup tie yeah yeah it's a good game for us I think like, the maintenance was a good one for us and we won that Hartlepool from there but there's just pressure on you've got to win football matches now I know if you're 12th in this league you're just plodding along and it may be exciting if we can win matches and then we start moving up the table everybody gets excited but you just got to win you know, even a draw's not good enough now so and you think it's not even December and you're saying that, you know you've got issues. Indeed. Um, Bring us on to our first interview of, of this week's show. Um, Matt, you caught up with Lee Hook. What did he have to say for himself? Yeah, Lee Hook, the day we've been there nine years and the managerial team and as first-team goalkeeper. And um, just talk, caught up with him and saying that he's desperate to get back in the game and how it worked out for a David and how he hopes it to um, to improve there. But, he's you know, he's a football man. Um, he's born for a number of years and he lives in Thanet, so I know him anyway. So, um, it's basically how it went at Dover and how he'd love to get back in. And if any club's looking for a goalkeeper or a coach, or even he would like to go into management one day, he's, the, he's, he's available. Well, here he is, and here's Lee Hook. Lee, um, how, how's it going? You've been out of the game now. You lost your Dover job well, approximately a month ago. How are you getting on? Yeah, all well, good. I'm enjoying my time off. Uh, nice to spend a bit of time with the uh, family after being on the, on the road, really, for the last... Well, I've been over nine years, but I say six, six odd years in the conference travelling around. So it's nice to spend a bit of time at home. But obviously, uh, I'm, I'm willing and able and want to get back in the game. Yeah, you're looking at Davis' position at the moment. Now you did the pre-season with them, and you've been over with them with the last few years. Are you surprised at the position you're in at the moment? I am surprised. There's some good players there. I just, I, to be honest, I feel that they need a couple more experienced lads in there. To be honest. Um, in the spine of the team and I think that they will pick up results and, and will be able to get themselves out of where they are at the moment obviously I want to, I want that myself as well because I am um, obviously um, inbred in, in, in the Dover way of things and that and obviously it's my club as I see it yeah. what, what do you think has gone wrong this season you know there's been a lot of you know the, the, the transfers didn't you know weren't as quality as they have been in previous seasons but you know Chris Kinnear you know he, he, he's very thorough in what he does it just is it just one of those seasons and maybe Dover have overachieved over the last few years and it's come to bite them a bit? Well, uh, overachieved, yes, maybe. Obviously, when you compare us to some of the clubs that are in and around uh, where we've been, where we have been competing, and even this year, you look at some of the teams that are up there. Um, so there are some big clubs spending big money, so it is difficult each year to compete. Um, 
obviously regarding recruitment, like I said, I think we probably, well, I said we, but I think Dover are probably just a couple of experienced lads short of where they need to be. Need a couple of leaders, real leaders in the team to, to try and pull them out of where they are at the moment. Did you, you know, Chris Kinnear, were you surprised that uh, Chris Kinnear left his job? You know, results haven't been going. Did you feel it in yeah, there? Did you sense something was happening? I think that any time when you've got, when you're in you one game in 14, I think, you know what I mean? In the best way in the world, you you, you can't. We, well, I said we we're all in it together, so we can't expect to to, uh, to be there there now. You know, with one winning fourteen. You look at Steve Bruce who uh, got sat for, for one winning nine. So at the end of the day, results are what you're governed by, and the results weren't good enough for us at the end. We'd like to have stayed on and tried to turn it around, but it wasn't to be. But ultimately, the chairman's made his decision to go full time in that, and obviously it, it it didn't suit myself, but. I think it's the right decision if you want to compete with the teams up there. Is that what you think it is? The National League, you know, you belayed in it a few years ago as well with Eastbourne. You th- is it moved on as a, yeah, as a standard? Yeah, I, 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 t- I totally think that. When you're looking at clubs that sort of they're paying £4,500 a week for a striker and, and other clubs that are up there, the money up there at the moment is, is incredible, really, compared to when I first started playing in the league. So, yeah, I, I think it is a full-time league. And... and I, like I said, I think the, the club's made the right decision to go full-time, although it doesn't suit everyone, and like I said, it didn't suit myself, um, but it is the right decision, and like I say, I, I hope it all works out, because I've, I've got a lot of time for everyone at the club, chairman including, he's been great to me, so like, um, I, hope, I hope it really works out, I best stay up, and I hope they can thrive from it. Goalkeeping situation, of course, you were goalkeeping coach, Mitch Walker's there, and they've brought in your replacement in Lee Walker, who can still play. What strengths do you think, you know, Mitch Walker is held on to the number one position at the moment. Do you think he'll be able to continue to do that? Yeah, like I said, I rate Mitch very, very highly in that. Um, obviously working with him for the last five years or so, and he's, he's steadily improved. Um, obviously, we've been shipping, well, so we've been shipping in a few, few too many goals this year, but that's been indicative of the whole defence, to be honest. Um, but like I say, I, I think Mitch, Mitch is one of the top keepers in the league. And Lee Walken coming in, I know Lee for, for a number of years. I know he's a hard worker. I know he'll, he'll push Mitch all the way. Exactly. What about your position? Now, your goalkeeping coach, you know, I'm sure he enjoys spending time with your family. But Saturday <laughs> afternoon and training is where you want to where you want to be, isn't it? Yeah, obviously, I say I want to get back in the game. I'll wait for for, for the right opportunity to arise, um, whether it be as a, as a coach or whether it be as a manager myself. I'm I'm, I'm out there. I'm, my name's out there, and I like to think that I've got a bit of experience behind me. So if an opportunity arose. So, Locally, the, the, the team needed my help or wanted me to step in and help out and be do some coaching or being a manager. Then, then like I say, I'm open to offers. I'm open to chats. And like I say, I'm, I'm <clears throat> I want to get back into it. I haven't I haven't just uh, quit on the game. Obviously, it's nice to have a bit of time off and spend with the family. But I'm I'm looking to get back in. Yeah. How, how does that work? Do you have to use your contacts within the game or just look out for you know Kent's well, a, you know a big county. You, you travel anywhere? I know you're you know you're part time base. You're based in Thanet, aren't you? Yes, correct. I'm also based there, but then I say I've, I've, I've paid for Whitstable before, I've paid for City before, I've been at Ramsgate, Margate, so I know all these clubs around the area and that. Um, that's just to name a few, like I said, but I, I'm out there, my name's out there. If, if anyone's interested or wanted to have a chat to me about doing something for them, then I'm open to any offers that come my way, to be honest. Open minded. You mentioned about managerial, you've been seen as a sort of a, a coach. You think it's something. A managerial role, something you can you can uh, go uh, to? Yeah, absolutely. I've, I've, I've learned I've learned under some really good managers, taking bits from each. But don't get me wrong, I'm I, I'm open to any positions that become available or or, or, or any.
any discussions that may come my way. But I'd love to be a manager one day. If it isn't right now, it's not right now. But like I say, I'm looking to get back into the game, whether it be a bit of coaching, helping out, um, or, or, or as a manager. So, but I'll buy my time and wait to see what offers come my way. Uh, you know, how everybody says in football, you're only one game away from the sack. And does it knock your confidence, do you think, when you, you know, when that happens, or are you just part and parcel of the football? I think it's just part and parcel of football. At the end of the day, it's, it's one of those things. And like I said, uh, I had the opportunity to stay on with with, with Hess for a few few weeks, um, which I enjoyed. Now I've known Hess for a while. It just obviously he wasn't going to work out with me with him going full time, and I just couldn't do it. So there was never any chance of me really staying on being in a full time position because of my work situation. So I was happy to, to helping out as much as I can, and obviously it, it worked to be in the end. Well, well. well. Appreciate your time, Lee. Keep us in touch how you're getting on. But uh, as I know from being a Dover follower, that Lee's a dedicated man, coach, and really good in the dressing room. So any clubs looking yeah. for a coach, he's the man to go to. I mean, obviously, most weeks I would have listened to this interview and, and really enjoyed it beforehand, um, Matt. However, obviously, this week I've really not had time. But Lee Hook, I remember him um, when I was right at the start of my journalism career. Um, he was in goal for Whitstable, I think, when they won the Yeah, he's done Whitstable, sitting ball, he's done a lot of clubs around here. I think yeah. they won the Kensington Trophy at, um, at Sittingbourne Central Park ground about 2001, and Lee Hook would have been the goalkeeper, and I think that was one of the biggest, one of the best days in Whitstable's history then, because they, obviously the Kensington Trophy had a lot more teams in it than it did when they won it last season. Um, but Lee Hook is a local legend, really, isn't he? And it's hopefully someone's going to see the, the potential in him. Yeah, I think um, he's, he's, he's one of these He's good in the dressing room as well. He, you know, a joker, but can be very serious at the same time. Good for the dressing room. And it, hopefully he can get back in. But you, you can see this in football. You lose your job and it may be difficult. I mean, he works full-time like everybody else does. We couldn't go full-time at Dover, as he explained in the interview there. It's just getting back in. But there's a lot of clubs around here. But if you want to, you know, he's a respected coach, a respected goalkeeper coach, and somebody who's good with players... I think he's a good fit for a club, particularly in the in the Bostic level. Yeah, in the uh, National League South at the weekend, both of our teams won, Matt. Um, Dartford were one the winners at Hampton Richmond and Welling 3-1 winners over Western Supermare. Still third Welling, but they are three points behind leaders Woking with a game in hand. And, and still, I kind of feel like we're just saying the same thing about them every week, but it's looking quite good for them, isn't it? They're good at home as well, aren't they, Welling? I think... Um... He's done a really good job there from that point of view. Everybody's expecting it to be the Billericay and, and uh, Woking show, but I think uh, he's done a really good job there, Steve Lynn. Good at home. He's got a bit more consistent away from home because we've seen games when they've been top of the table, they've, they've lost it a little bit, but doing a really good job there, scoring goals, good defence, the best defence nearly lost the best defence in the league. So quite a tight division as well, the uh, National League South. So, But Steve King, he could make the difference. His experience uh, at this level could be all so crucial for the book. So far, so good. A good season uh, for the Wings. And if they can carry on that form, there's no doubt they should be in the playoffs. But very, very tight division, that though. It is. And uh, obviously, the FA Trophy for, for these teams this week, um, as I've literally just discovered. And I think Dartford just up the road, aren't they? Yeah, Dartford are away to Eastbourne Borough. Um, and Welling United at home to Dulwich Hamlet. Now, we said before about this competition. Would you look at it and say Welling would want to win this competition if they're going to be going all the way, if they're going to be pushing for promotion? No, you probably wouldn't. But then on the flip side, we were both at the FA Trophy final last year where it was won by a team from National League North. So the potential winners of this competition are now in it, aren't they? Yeah, I think I think, I think Steve King probably had a couple of I think he had good runs in this competition. I think he must have done with the clubs he's had before. I think he would like to, a, a day out at Wembley. 
again, tough game against Dulwich. You know, Dulwich are going back to their home and having a, oh, right, season, well, Darth will go to Eastbourne. And uh, I've only been to Eastbourne. Been to East, Eastbourne Cricket Tour. We had a great time there, but I can't tell those stories online. But I've also been to Eastbourne Borough once and it took me about four hours to get there from Dunwich. So it's an absolute pig to get to. If I do visit you, John, I'll have to set off a long time before. But on the artificial there, Dartford consistency, had a good way win. Um, how important is the FA Trophy for Dartford? Less so in the playoffs. So I don't think they'll be too disappointed if they get knocked out, to be honest. No, I think it's interesting that both those teams managed to pull out teams in the same division of the, as them as well, which is always disappointing. And I would just say to anyone who lives in Kent and thinks Eastbourne is worth coming to, <laughs> it really, really is. And I know a very yes, nice of course. place. I didn't really sell it there, did I? No, you didn't. I mean, thanks, mate. It's really helpful. You know, we're, we're trying to make, make our money using using this podcast to do as, a, as an advertising tool. And you're hammering on about how difficult it is to get here. No, it's lovely. Well, it's it, well, it, when I got it, I have to, you have to you either go through Brighton and come back, didn't you? But I went through Ashford. And I was going through country lanes, and it just, we did win the game in the last minute, so I should have been happy. But I remember driving back, it just took hours, and I could never get anywhere. But but I will be, if I go to, if I do get invited to Eastbourne, I don't think I'm going to be now. I would I would say go an easier way than I did. Probably there are easier ways. I mean, I, when I was when we were coming down here before we moved, every time I came, I came a different way. But uh, normally, I've been going through Maidstone is the way I, I tend to go. But you can go through Tunbridge Wells as well. Um, the other game involving Kent side in the FA Trophy we is folks and Victor go to Woking, which is technically speaking the hardest tie they could have got. So um, it, it's going to be tough for them. And, and I think Neil Cody will be frustrated there because he, he, I think he quite fancied a run in this. Yeah, I've always said before, Neil Covey's not really a cup manager, is he? Not very well in the league. I think they've played Woking before. I think read somewhere. A cracking game before, 8-4 or something down at Woking. Yeah, not the greatest tie in the world. Woking, not my, uh, not the greatest club I particularly like. So hopefully folks can go there, lack a bit of fear, or not without any fear, and uh, try and get a result. But it's going to be tough there. Woking, of course, uh, got a bit of pedigree in this competition. Yeah, in the Isthmian League, where Folkestone, of course, play their league football. Um, on Saturday, they were 2-0 winners over Potters Bar Town with two very late goals from Phil Starkey and Ian Draycott. Uh, Margate were beaten 2-1 at Kingstonian. And Tunbridge Angels, I can't... Uh, lost. Tunbridge Angels continued their uh, poor run of form as they were beaten 1-0 at Harlow Town. Um, this weekend, there will be some league fixtures when I can open up that page on my laptop, which I'm doing very quickly because I haven't done any research for this week's podcast because I've moved tabs. Um, so this weekend on Saturday, there must be a league game, surely, Matt. Surely, like. Uh, Let me get a look through here, John. So in the Bostick Premier Division, Tumbridge Angels play Leatherhead, Margate will play Bishop Stalkford. Oh. Bishop Stalkford with Jamie Curriton. There's an excellent article on the BBC website about Jamie Curriton, 43, same age as me, banging in the goals. And I always like Jamie Curriton because he always had quality hair. And he's always a good goal scorer. So read that up on the BBC website. Yeah, Jamie Curriton, I think he's the player manager at Bishop Store for 43. Still top goal scorer in that division as well, John. 12 goals, Jamie Curriton. And he always had quality hair. I, I've never looked, once looked at a footballer and thought, oh, his hair, I must keep an eye on how he progresses. <laughs> Another one I always is like Marcus Stewart. Marcus Stewart, I always thought he had quality hair. When, when I was that age, they're about the same age as me, of course. And then they had that sort of hair that I wanted but could never really get, sort of thing. But that. Yeah, you'll speak to a couple of my mates. Uh, I've got an obsession about women's hair. But wait, we can make a home podcast about that if you wanted. We want to do Jamie Curtin's hair for a podcast. Yeah. I'm sure that would be a, a, a good hook to get people in. I, I always like Jamie Curtin. He's a good, good lower league goal scorer. You can always rely on him. So, uh, hope he does it right. And still banging him in. If you see on that BBC article on their, on their website, his third goal at trick is an absolute cracker. So, fair play to the lad. Lovely hair. 
In the Bostic League South East Division, we have new manager. Well, new managers, in fact, as Faversham Town appointed Phil Miles and Danny Chapman as their joint bosses to replace long-serving Ray Turner. They didn't have the best start as they were beaten 4-1 on Saturday. And it, the week got even worse for Danny when on Wednesday he received a phone call from one Matt Gerrard. So here is Danny Chapman. Yeah, delighted to be back in the game. Great opportunity. Good, good club. Uh, very good things about it. We had, obviously, me and Phil had the interview. And uh, we put a three-year plan together um, involving the youth section and that, and they were very impressed by that. And that's, that's one of the reasons why we got the job. Your background, I know you've been at Braintree for a while, I think, with Jamie Day, but your background was with Ebsleet uh, running their academy, is that correct? Yeah, I've been around, you know, I've been around, you know yourself, mate, I've been around a long time and I understand I've got a good knowledge of the game. And it's, uh, I've been doing, obviously, age groups from under-11s to under 16. And I felt now I'm 30, 43, 44, the time was right. And it's just a good opportunity to just come round. Me and, when it come up, me and Phil rang each other. And then all of a sudden we, we said, yes, we go for it. It's his hometown club. I know people there. I know players there. Uh, obviously, I know Clive really well. Got on well with Clive. Got a lot of respect for Clive. And, uh, and, that's, and that's how it come about. So we're just deli we're delighted to, to have a go. And obviously, we knew the task in there was going to be hard, but... It's a good group of players, and I think they're in a false position. But obviously, it's out of the players that pull themselves out of it because it's quite easy in this league to go on some sort of run, and you could be up there. You know mm. what I mean, Matt? You mentioned Clive Walker. There is he still part of your uh, management team? Clive, Clive wants to retire. Uh, Clive, I think wants to retire. He's retired. He's not doing a great deal. He, he's been there ten years now, and he said to me, "Dan, I've been on shit. I've had enough." So, but I'd always ring him and ask for advice, and that uh, feels in. Um, South Africa building a school for charity so he's back uh, Monday night so hopefully now we're looking to get a coach in because we asked Luke Harvey to stay he didn't want to stay because uh, obviously he went for the job with someone else didn't know when it, who he went with it for but uh, we've asked we've, uh, we're looking for a coach to come in we've got someone I like but hopefully we're going to sort it out next week You mentioned the three year plan there is it, you know this level of football is it bringing up youth players and you think that part of Kent there's some good youth players around? There is some good youth players around. We're looking for, obviously, look on the loan market as well. We're looking for players that have been released from clubs that play at a good level. But we've, I've said it before, we've said it in other interviews. What's the point of going to a club like Faversham if you don't believe, especially as a young player at 14, 15, if you don't believe you've got a chance to play in the first team? That's the, what the ultimate goal is. Yeah, exactly. Look, look at Faversham, you know, uh, they've playoffs a couple of years. and They've been in the doldrums the last sort of... Uh, Few seasons. Do you think they overachieved a bit when the Ray Turner did a great job there? Do you think they overachieved a little bit and the disappointment of missing out on the playoffs has affected them a bit? I, I think so, a little bit. I think obviously Ray being there 11, 10, 11 years, uh, it's got a little bit stale there. I suppose I don't have to play, play I suppose it's a different voice in the dressing room. Hopefully we're going to get a response out of them. But uh, that's what I think it is. They've been there 10, 11 years. I think Ray was sensible enough that knew it needed a change. And Clive, he said he needs someone else to go in there a bit younger. Have a right go, and that's obviously what the club have done. A couple of well, I think you're the third managerial team in Kent that uh, joint managers. You, you think this is something that other clubs will go into, having two voices to work off each other? I don't. I don't. I'll be honest, I don't know. I see it at Earn Bay, but when me and Phil discussed it, we said, "Who's going to be manager? Who's going to be assistant?" I said, "Well, why don't we do it together?" He said, "Yeah, fantastic idea. We've known each other 10, 12 years. Uh, we've worked together." coach teams together and manage teams together and we, we've got slightly different ways of coaching and things but ultimately we come up with the same answer so we work, to, work, work well together so that's why we've done it like that but if it's going to set a trend I don't know 
Yeah, exactly. Right. It's, it seems to be that popular right at the moment. You've, you've had one game in charge, a, a full hundred feet as well. Game was that yeah. just a, a game for you to look at the players, or you know, but there's stuff to work on. We said we'll give the players a chance, but obviously they, we're looking for a response. It's very, fine, as you know, Matt, it's very fine margins in football. And like Saturday for 55 minutes or 60 minutes, we've done all right. It seems like it's a bit of a trend and a, and a bit of a pattern. After 60 minutes, the team dies a little bit, you know what I mean? Mm. I feel that's down to fitness because ability-wise, it's a lot of ability in the squad. But after we're down to fitness, we only train once a week, which is not enough at this level. We need to be training twice a week to be competitive. Mm. So uh, we have said we give the boys a chance, but it's entirely up to them. Maybe we have to wait and we can't wait that long a month. But we've got to be fair because you know when the emergency's coming players do change and players pick their levels up and that's what we're looking for so hopefully we played all right we played all right Saturday we went we could have been 2-1 at half time could have scored just before half time, after half time it could have been 3-1 it could have been a different game it could have been a different game but fine margins but hopefully a tough game Saturday against Athens and we can pick our levels up Saturday yeah, you're 15th in the league at the moment, but you've only played 12 league games. You look at that league, it's, it's very strange that you were in nearly December now and you've only played yeah. you know, a handful of league games. That gives you something to work with. And particularly in this league, there's Kent Derby's week in, week out, isn't there? Yeah. Funny enough, we had a chat before training last night and uh, we were talking about it and Harry Goodger made a good point. He said, if we'd have beat BCD on one Saturday, we'd have been fifth. Mm. That just shows you how crazy this league is. And if we go on some sort of run, you go and win three, four, five, six games on the bounce... You can chuck yourself right up there, Matt. And uh, a poor start could be, you know what I mean? You could be up there and you're looking looking towards the, after the new year to be really challenging, you know what I mean? Whether that's win the league or playoffs, you don't know. But it looks like Cray are doing great. I haven't seen too much of them. But it, it only takes a run to go on a run in this league. You know, I've played in it for Dover and Cray. And if you go on some sort of run, you can really catapult yourself up there. Tough game on Saturday. Hastings are doing quite well. Games in hand. They're second. I think they're second in the league. So, what do you expect from there? They're a side that always score goals and always sides always at the top end of the table. Yeah, yeah. I think they've got a lot of pace and power. Play four three three. So it's up to up to us to try and counteract that. But we've got to impose ourselves on the game because we're at home. But um, hopefully, the experienced players can pick their levels up, and hopefully, we can give them the right good game. Long as, listen, when, as long as we're competitive. And we have a right go. You can't ask for no more than that. Whether you win or lose, that's all we're looking for. For the Faversham flag to be flying high. And I won't have no complaints. Whether we're good enough on a day or not, that, that'll do for me at the moment until we'll be able to sort out and implement our own ideas on Faversham. Big shoes to fill there. And, and they won't have been happy with that 4-1 defeat on Saturday, will they, Matt? No, Danny said the right things about where Faversham should be. He wants to bring the youth. That's where him, him and Phil have had a background with uh, Epsleet. Going in there, you know, we said in the answer that many played 12 games in this division. I know you've lost the side because tends to be have gone, so you'll be playing less games. But there's a long way to go, and it's quite a tight division. If you win, as he says in there, back-to-back wins, you could be in the playoff positions or near on the brink of it. So, yeah, I think it's a good point. I know Danny Chapman pretty well from his David days, so um, he has had his critics in the past, but. Um, he wears his heart on his sleeve, and in that interview, he's one of these players you probably run a brick wall for him. He'll want 110% from his players, and I'm sure he'll deliver that. Pavisham, you know, they need a bit of luck, really. Since those playoff defeats, they haven't really got in there from that point of view, but they're going, I'm sure they'll look at the players and maybe bring a few one, few in. It'll be interesting to see, but we'll keep an eye on Pavisham. You know, I think the pair of us have got a soft spot for them, and the disappointing season they've had over the last few years. Hopefully, uh, Phil and Danny can, can sort it out. Was that, was Danny pleased to reconnect with you? It was his birthday yesterday, so and he, another one who's the same age as me. So uh, 
he was saying that from from that point of view. Yeah, he's a he's a I, I quite like that. He's a good lad to get uh, gone with. He wears his heart on his sleeves and um, tells you pretty much of information from that. But he, you know, he's had a decent career in the non leagues and he knows this level as well, which is I think key for the appointment. So um, he, he, he lost them. Um, I think he lost one of the players, uh, Harvey, didn't he? Because, uh, he went in for the job and he didn't get it, and they wanted to keep him a coach. So they are looking for a coach as well in that interview as well. So if you know coaches at that level, we give him a shout and uh, from that point of view. But yeah, we're interested to see how they get on, Fabian. So there's a lot of our sides struggling really at the bottom of the table, particularly Herne Bay. Well, indeed, Herne Bay were beating one 0 at home to Haywards Heath Town on Saturday. Elsewhere, um, it was Cray Wanderers continue their good form, two one winners at Guernsey. Whitstable lost three one at Hastings. Uh, VCD were hammered at Horsham four 0 it was Phoenix 3, High 3. Ramsgate beat um, East Grinstead 3-2. Sittingbourne lost at home as well, losing 1-0 to the Three Bridges. And Sevenoaks Town were 3-2 winners over Whiteleaf. And I see Xavier Vidal was among the goal scorers for, uh, for Whiteleaf. Did I say that right? Xavier? Xavier? Yeah, the, for Sevenoaks, yeah. I think, he did, I think he got badly injured as well reading afterwards. So I remember seeing him scoring four goals for Welling once. He was a bit of a player. So... Mm. Um, uh, but apparently he's got, he's got a nasty injury there, so um, hopefully that can work out for him. But that's it's disappointing for for them. But uh, Seven Oaks, I think they're doing okay. I think uh, we'll probably have to get Mickey or Collins on to discuss how he's got him for the season so far. But quite a tight division. But great, ten points clear at the top. John beating Hastings as well It's a massive result for them at the weekend. Yeah, indeed. It's I mean, there's the throw away, isn't it? Exactly, and I think they would have learnt so much from from what happened with them last season because that was obviously you know they 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 looked like they were going to do it last season, and it all just kind of went wrong, wrong for them um, at just the wrong sort of time. They played Ramsgate on Sunday um, at Hayes Lane. Cray uh, elsewhere this weekend is Ashford against Herne Bay, East Grinstead against Sittingbourne, Faversham host Hastings United. So a tough first home game for the new managers. Uh, Haywards Heath Town against Phoenix, Seven Oaks host Guernsey, and BCD are at home to Whiteleaf. Uh, just having a quick scout. Uh, no, no games involving our teams on Tuesday night in that league, which is uh, interesting for a change. Um, so that just kind of leaves us, Matt, with a scaffold because I've got to go to Tesco because um, I've got to buy bacon and, and stuff. Um, for my first... And do, do you know what is a bit of irony? What, what, I was looking what, 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 through the... What will be in your first breakfast? Uh, what will you be delivering? Well, a fry-up. And yeah, that yeah, we're... But yeah, but it's not, there's numerous items you can put in a fry-up. So you, sausage, egg, bacon... Sausage, egg, bacon. Basically, people can choose what they have, but we offer sausage, egg, bacon, mushrooms, tomato, beans, hash browns, and then obviously we have the continental stuff as well. And our first guest, believe it or not, who will check in, is from the Sittingbourne area, which we find very amusing. um, Oh, right. I was looking on our system. Do you know what they're they're doing coming down? Are they working in the area? No idea. They're coming on Friday. They're coming tomorrow, Friday night, for a couple of nights. So we look forward to seeing them. And uh, maybe if they like football, maybe they're a Dartford fan, I don't know. But maybe if they like football, I'll tell them all about the Kenton League podcast. Um, that would be bizarre, wouldn't it? If he turns up in a Dartford shirt. <laughs> yeah. Um, in the Southern Counties East, we've got new leaders, Matt. Fisher are top of the league after a 3-1 win over Canterbury City on Tuesday night. Um, when Beersted also lost 4-0 at home to uh, Corinthian. And AFC Croydon against Chatham was postponed due to a waterlogged pitch, believe it or not. Was it that bad on Tuesday? I mean, I know I was moving, but it wasn't. It was raining, but it wasn't. It did, it did rain quite a bit. We've had quite a bit of rain down here, sort of thing. So, I would have thought it may be been a bit cold as well. So, um, yeah, disappointed there. But Fisher must. I haven't seen. The, I have to look at Fisher's results, but they are on a bit of a run, aren't they? Because Beckham were way clear at one stage, but Fisher, various guys, is over the years. Do we class them as Ken? They're probably 
South London, aren't they? It's just on the, on the border, I think. Um, yeah, Wednesday night as well. Beckenham uh, could have gone back top, but they were held 2-2 by Craig Valley, who are also obviously in red-hot form and scored 49 goals in their 14 league games so far. Either Town were three and winners at Croydon and Tumbridge Wells won 2-0 at Hollands and Blair. Um, and on Saturday, just whipping through those results very quickly, um, AFC Croydon 4, Beersted 2, Beckenham 1, Lawswood 1, Chatham were 2 on winners at Canterbury. Tunbridge Wells were 2 on winners at Corinthian. So, good week for Tunbridge Wells, bad week for Corinthian. Deal beat Crowe by 2-0. Irith Town beat K-Sports 3-2. Uh, Croydon won 4-1 at Glebe. Uh, Hollands and Blair 4, Punjab United 1. Rostell 0, Fisher 1. Sheffield United 1, Cray Valley 3. Um, we should just mention on Saturday, obviously I'm going to run through the uh, rest of the fiction results in, in a moment. But on Saturday, Matt, is... Um, Part two of Punjab against Glebe. Obviously, Glebe were 1-0 winners a couple of weeks ago, just before the two managers came onto our uh, radio show. Um, but it's a, a return match where, yet again, there'll be two Asian managers on the touchline. Punjab against Glebe on Saturday. And I think they're making a bit of a big day of it down at Punjab. So I hope that goes well for them. Is that a league match or is that cup? Uh, it's league, I think. All right, so they've finished the games off there. Yeah, that'd be, yeah, it'll be, uh, it'll be, yeah, I think um, Punjab will probably put on a show there. it be an interesting game, that. Will they get the revenge from their previous uh, defeat from there? And uh, I'm sure there'll be plenty of banter throwing on the on, on the sidelines with that one. Yeah, they, they seem to get on a right, actually, didn't they? So elsewhere on Saturday, um, there's only two other league games, Crowborough uh, against Sheppey and Deal against Erith, because all the others are in Kent, apart from Corinthian, who are playing the Challenge Cup. All the others are in Kent Senior Trophy action. Beerson against Lordswood, uh, Craig against Holmesdale, uh, Croydon against Beckenham, Fisher against K-Sports. Hollands and Blair host FC Thamesmead and Rochester United play the team from Jersey, uh, St Peter. And then Can Canterbury City host Chatham Town also in that competition on Sunday. Um, and midweek, no, no league games. That's nice to see. Um, and I'll just quickly whip down the results in uh, Division 1 where I see that Welling uh, Town were beaten again, Matt, for the second uh, game in a row in the uh, in the league on Saturday. Uh, as they, Still six points clear though, Brighton Ropes. And, uh, yeah, it was Brighton Ropes who beat them 3 0 on Saturday, so uh, did close. Every town have four games in hand, so well, they could go level on top of the top. Really, exactly. Other level, other um, results there were Forest Hill 3, SC Thames 2, Homesdale 4, Meridian VP 0, Kellington 2, Stansfeld 0. Kent Football United 1, FC Elmstead 1, Snodland Town 0, Rochester United 0, Sutton Athletic 3, Greenways 3, with a hat-trick there for James Truman. Um, that is pretty much it for this week's Kent Non-League Podcast. Um, as always, we are available on social media, at Kent NL Podcast on uh, Twitter, and we're at Kent Non-League. As well, that photo of you and Nick Knowles, your best friend Nick Knowles. You will Amazing see a picture man, of me and Nick Knowles on there. We're also on Facebook, um, at Kent Non-League. Um, I am at John Pips 81 uh, I live at Bay underscore Lodge, if you're interested at all. Um, Matthew is at Matthew underscore Gerard. Um, Monday night, we're back on the, our radio show as well. Seems like ages since we did that. Um, but yeah, Monday night, nine o'clock, uh, BBC Radio. Kent, we've, we're doing a bit about gambling um, in, in sports on Monday night. We're going to be joined uh, by a chap called Scott Davis, who you may have heard of, who used to play for Crawley, uh, who, has had, who has been a gambling addict, and also a man who lost nearly a million pounds due to his gambling habit. And we'll also be joined by Adrian Pennock, and Matt is going to be wetting himself with excitement because who else is on the show, Matt? Nah, 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 Mr. Maker. Nah, 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 Mr. Maker. If you don't watch the programme, that was completely wasted on people. 
So there you go. Uh, so you'll be able to hear uh, Matt's excitement at Mr. Maker on our radio show on Monday night. But thanks to everyone for listening. Thanks to Matt for all of his hard work this week. And hopefully there'll be some sort of normality and we'll have no problems being back with you from on Wednesdays from here on in. But thanks very much for listening and we shall speak to you all next week. I haven't really got an obsession about footballers' hair. <laughs>